BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Off turn number four, William Byron to the line. White flag is out, he takes it. Next flag ends it. In a turn one, and it is bye-bye Byron. Kevin Harvick has fallen back by four, by five. He's got nothing for Willie B. Byron off turn two for the final time. In the sunshine as the sun sets over turns three and four at Darlington. Here's William Byron headed off turn four toward the checkered flag. Here comes William Byron. Byron out of turn number four to the chaos of the last few laps emerges as a winner at Darlington Raceway. William Byron gets his first win at the track too tough to tame. Yeah, honestly, just, you know, good fortune there at the, the very end. You know, things have a way of working out. We lost this race here last year, um, you know, wrecking and, and uh, going into the wall and then to come back this year and, and redeem ourselves and get a shot at the end. We weren't the best car. We were top three to four car. Um, had a rough third stage and then just had a couple good fortune, you know, go our way, had a couple good restarts and things started to line up. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you after we have just concluded Throwback Weekend at Darlington Raceway. And it's a very unique portion of the schedule because we go from one legendary racetrack to going back to another one of those legendary racetracks for the first time in 26 years. We're speaking of the return to North Wilkesboro and the NASCAR All-Star Race. We've got you covered on this show. We'll give you a backtrack. So the Goodyear 400 at Darlington, and there was a lot to recap. Lots of action happening in the track too tough to tame on Sunday. We're going to sit down with Kevin Harvick. Had a chance to visit with him over the weekend. You heard part of it on NASCAR Live Race Day. There's more to that interview that we'll give you here tonight. Also, we're going to preview all the festivities transpiring during all-star weekend we're going to recap who made the cut on nascar's 75 greatest drivers list all of those drivers were unveiled and those that were able were with us over the weekend in darlington and tires are going to be a major factor this weekend we catch up with the experts as they tell us what to expect but first to get us going as he always does kyle ricky is here with the latest check of headlines kyle what do you have for us Mike, over the weekend, numerous members of NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers were honored at Darlington Raceway, including Carl Edwards, who has been absent from NASCAR competition since 2016. Edwards joined the broadcast booth and talked about his potential return by stating, quote, it was easy to not race when I first stepped away, but it's getting harder and harder. I like sliding stuff around and driving cars, so there'll be a time when I go do something maybe sim work, something like that, to see if I could still drive. It's a step-by-step -step process, unquote. 
Another big name in racing made news over the weekend. Rick Hendricks spoke to the media after William Byron's win at Darlington Raceway and provided an update on when Alex Bowman might return from injury. Look, I want him to be right when he gets back in the car because when you got a, an injury like that, it, it was, he, he would like to be back in Charlotte. He's seeing the doctor this week and he's got to get in and out of the car. they got to put the belts on him and see how he responds. Uh, that's, a, that's a terrible injury. If you come back too early, it can, it can mess you up for the whole year. So uh, I want him to be right. And he's listening to the doctors. He's, he has started working out. So I think it's a good shot. He'll be back pretty quick. Bowman injured his back on April 25th while dirt racing in Kyle Larson's High Limit Series. And he's been healing from a fractured vertebrae. Mike. Coming up, we relive a memorable throwback weekend at the track. Too tough to tame with another edition of NASCAR Live Backtracks. And later, Kevin Harvick stops by. From outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series raced at Darlington Raceway, and that race provided us with no shortage of drama. What started out as a calm day spiraled into carnage and chaos and questionably hard racing. Let's relive all the twists and turns from Sunday's Goodyear 400 with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. In the flag stand, you have two gentlemen that will get us going today that 20 years ago at this very moment are overlooking a portion of this racetrack where they were banging quarter panels, smoke rolling, bent sheet metal. Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven are in the flag stand as the field comes out of turn number four. The pace car is on the pit lane. And here we go, 293 laps. 400 miles, the Goodyear 400, just moments away from getting the green flag. They wave both green flags, Kurt and Ricky Craven do, and we're off and running here at the track two tough to tame. They're side by side to one. Stage number one about to come to an end. Race leader Martin Trex Jr. up off of turn number four in heavy traffic. Green and white checkered flag is in the air from Chief Starter Brett Dalton and Martin Trex Jr. for the first time in 28 races back in New Hampshire of last summer, wins a stage in the NASCAR Cup Series. The man that will lose a lot of spots on pit road is Bubba Wallace. Trouble on the right rear for him and his Toyota. He's going to lose a ton of positions on the pit lane. Here's a battle for the race lead headed to turn one. Ross Chastain has reeled in Martin Truex Jr. in a very short period of time. He is all over his back bumper in turn two. Here comes Chastain looking onto the back stretch, takes a peek down to the left of the machine driven by Martin Truex Jr. Now he backs away. Truex drives into the corner and has to lead, but only by just a few feet. Uh, Chastain's been dogging, I'll tell you that, 19 car of Truex for a long time right now, but now 
They're coming down in front straightaway, almost side by side for a little bit there, and it might see a pass getting in a turn one. Chastain's got the low groove, drifts up, cannot get clear of Truex. For the moment, Truex leads by a bumper. Now they're side by side to the back straightaway. Chastain comes onto the back stretch, determined to grab the race lead. Starts to inch ahead, gets a fender out in front, completes the pass. Ross Chastain, the new race leader. Remember those yellow towels we were telling you about at lap 125? Got a lot of them in the air right now for Ross Chastain, who will become the fourth different leader of this race this afternoon. Ross Chastain goes to the bottom of the racetrack, and right on his back bumper is Martin Truex Jr. It's down to a car length as they hit the back straightaway. Ross Chastain with the race lead, starting to make some of those decisions, and here he comes off the end of the back stretch. For now, the decision stayed behind Suarez. Oh, here comes Martin Truex Jr., and they make contact. Martin Truex Jr. gets turned sideways. He slides the car broadside all the way down the banking to the exit of turn number four. Caution is on the speedway as the green and white checkered flag fly at the same time. Hard racing for the lead between Ross Chastain and Martin Truex Jr. and the lap car or potential lap car of Daniel Suarez. Ross Chastain the first to hit the mark on this into pit road, but it's going to be a drag race off the pit lane between him and Kyle Larson trying to gun it to maintain it. It is Ross Chastain towards the inside as Martin Truex Jr. gets released from his crew. Four tires, Sunoco fuel for him. A little tight to see who made it look like Ross Chastain who was able to maintain his lead there, but also all the leaders on this end, including Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, making the adjustments they need to, got very loose on the back end of that run. But we have a new race leader at Darlington, and his name is Kyle Larson. Chastain and Larson continue to go door to door. And now there's trouble on the back straightaway. Daniel Suarez gets turned around. Michael McDowell is involved. Eric Jones is also involved. Todd Gilliland's car, Austin Dillon, Ryan Newman, all involved in this incident off turn two. One car just didn't have a, they just had a problem just now. It was Kyle Busch. Looks like he came off turn two, really slipped, lost about two or three positions, and fell back to fourth right now. Yeah, in fact, William Byron went by him, and then also Kyle Larson with relative ease. Now, it looked like Kyle Busch was going to keep falling back through the top five to the top ten, but he's now regrouped. Here he comes in that fourth position. Yeah, Kyle Busch got a big old Darlington straight there in turn two. Car got away from him there, got into the outside wall. That's going to cost him on the scoreboard. Kim Kuhn is in the pits of uh, Richard Childress Racing. The eighth car of Kyle Busch seems like they're having a struggle right now as well, Kim. Absolutely, and this is actually the first time all day that I have heard Kyle angry and just hating his race car. He said he fired off just very free, the rear tires shattering, and then it took a huge quick swing, plowing tight. He used some very strong language to describe the condition of that race car right now. Kyle Busch currently running in the fourth position but battling an evil Chevrolet. 17 laps to go here in the Goodyear 400 and caution is on the speedway. Ryan Newman went for a spin off turn number four and this throws this race into a tailspin. Field inching towards that Geico restart zone. They're on the hammer. Here we go. Oh, Chastain is really on the hammer. He'll beat Larson to the start finish line. I don't think he jumped the start, Dave. He's on the roll on the outside. They are side by side in a turn one. Oh, into the wall goes Truex. He tried to come up on Joey Logano, and we've got a massive crash now. Tyler Reddick slams into the wall. Kevin Harvick ducks 
Anderson dodges his way through it. Eric Almirola gets a big piece of the action as well. A multi-car restart skirmish as they tried to clear and failed going through turn two. Here they come down to the line. Six-lap shootout at Darlington in the Goodyear 400. Chastain up to the gearbox. Larson with him, stride for stride. They're leaning on each other going into one. Side by side into the banking of turn one. Oh, contact between Chastain. Oh, they're in the wall. Chastain and Larson are in the wall. Chastain came up. Larson came down. They get together, and the lead two are torn up, and Kyle Larson shoves Ross Chastain, T-bone style, a third of the way down the back straightaway. And both Cliff Daniels, crew chief for Kyle Larson and Kyle Larson, very strong words for Ross Chastain on the radio. Both extremely upset. Cliff Daniels apparently keeping count. He said this is the third race the one has taken us out of contention. And he repeated that sentiment multiple times over Kyle Larson calling Ross a hack. The crew awaits their driver to come down to pit road for some damage fixing. But this team not happy with their manufacturer teammate, Ross Chastain. Pace car is on pit road. Fans are on their feet at Darlington. It is time for all the marbles in this race here today at the track too tough to tame. Green flag back in the air. Harvick with a strong restart. Fender out in front to the inside of William Byron. Racing for the win in Darlington. Side by side into one. Harvick down low. Byron up high. Willie B with the advantage by a nose. William Byron to the lead off turn two. Byron with a powerhouse move off the top of turn two and onto the backstretch. He leads by a car length by two, by three to turn four. Through the shadows of turns three and four, they'll emerge to the sunshine on the front stretch. Off turn number Number four, William Byron to the line. White flag is out. He takes it. Next flag ends it. In a turn one, and it is bye-bye Byron. Kevin Harvick has fallen back by four, by five. He's got nothing for Willie B. Byron off turn two for the final time. In the sunshine as the sun sets over turns three and four at Darlington. Here's William Byron headed off turn four toward the checkered flag. Here comes William Byron out of turn number four to the chaos of the last few laps emerge as a winner at Darlington Raceway. William Byron gets his first win at the track too tough to tame. Coming up, we catch up with Kevin Harvick and later we'll preview all the upcoming action from North Wilkesboro this weekend. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy and four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, the sport is getting ready to go back to its roots. We're heading back to North Wilkesboro Speedway, and so is Kevin Harvick. He'll be sporting the all-white paint scheme he drove during his rookie year, and that had the 29 on the side of it. I had a chance to catch up with Kevin over the weekend. We discussed his most recent accomplishment and how he thinks All-Star Weekend will play out. Let's first start talking about NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers, and you've been named one of them. What's it like to come from Bakersfield, California, all the way to quite the most elite list this sport has? Well, it's been an interesting year because of the fact that I'm retiring, and then the 75 uh, list coming out this year, it's um, 
allowed me to kind of let my guard down knowing that it's my last year and, and be able to kind of look back and reflect on things and be able to understand that where I started in, in Bakersfield, California, racing go-karts and what started as a hobby turned into a life and a career and, um, you know, have been very fortunate to be able to have some success at it and, and to be on that NASCAR uh, 75 greatest list is is an honor and I think when obviously when you look at that list it's it's the who's who of NASCAR racing and and um, to be on there is almost seems a little bit surreal but you know I think um, you know going back through the years I've been fortunate to have great teams and people and and be able to have some success and um, pretty cool. I remember sitting in the tower at Mason Marin Raceway watching you walk down pit road in a driver's suit that had no writing on it and you were just in the truck race that day and then now you're a series champion you're a daytona 500 champion and you're one of the elite drivers in this sport at what point in your career did you acknowledge to yourself that you know i think i can make it here i i I think i belong here yeah that's that's tough to really kind of pinpoint exactly where that that moment was but I'm, I'm the type of person that that really always looks at okay if I don't get better next week I'm not going to be here the week after and and you have to you have to really I, I I feel like I push myself and have pushed myself through the years as to always keep your your eyes open and your head up to be able to figure out what you need to do better whether you win or lose and and so um, it's a constant evolution of, of learning and, and the expectation is always high on, on myself to be able to um, push everybody around me and myself to, to get better. So, you know, I think that that evolution, as, as you've seen through time, pushes a lot of people out because they, they, they close their eyes and put their head down and don't pay attention to what's, what's going on around them to get better. And, and you know, I think for, for me, I've been honest with myself and, and really the last 10 years has been really good because Rodney is has been such a, a key piece of that element to be able to uh, push yourself and get better with things and do things in a in a way that that always uh, you know allows yourself to be open-minded to change and, and evolution so um, with that being said you know I think shoot I don't know you know I think coming through the truck series you, you know I don't think there's really any security there you, you know you have to perform and do the things that you need to to get to the next step and the Xfinity series was the same way um, and really you know I didn't really find my own footing until probably 2006 you know I think that was really um, you know when the you know the, the good wrench and the Earnhardt thing kind of wore off we went through the ups and downs of, of you know the, the first year in 2001 2002 was terrible 2003 was was good four and five were terrible um and six we kind of settled into having a routine and 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 um you know being comfortable with the team and people around you so um but even even then you know you're you're still always on edge of of what's next you know why aren't we running good what do we need to do to run better how do we keep winning whatever that question is in knowing the two of you and, and seeing how this has gone in this sport, you know, you, you have pairings. You brought up Rodney. You know, when you think of Jeff Gordon, you think of Ray Aronham. You know, when you think of, of a driver, you think of a crew chief like, you know, Dale Inman, Richard Petty type thing. When we think of Kevin Harvick, we think of Rodney Childers. And this is not to slight any other crew chief that you've had. It seems like you two go together and that you're on the same page and you're almost, you're almost brothers to a degree, yeah. but you, you complement each other very well. How long did it take to get there with him? Not long, you know, because we had so many 
private conversations before we ever got started about what he liked, what I liked, what he didn't like, what I didn't like, you know, how to do things. And, and there was always that, that just that, that brotherhood trust from the very beginning of how to do things. And, and I never looked at him and said, he's not giving his all. And he's never looked at me and, and said, I'm not giving it my all. And, and you could, that bleeds over to the whole team. And when everybody believes in each other and you push each other to, to, show up every week 100 percent it it makes a difference in in um you know how things go but you know it's just it's it's hard to explain and something i worked my whole career for uh to to find a you know a crew chief and a relationship that you could have that trust in and and it's just it's hard to come by going back to north wilkesboro first time since 96 that we've been there first time that you will have raced there obviously in cup what are your thoughts about us going back to that racetrack and taking the all-star race there well, I think it's been a long time since the All-Star Race has been the most anticipated race of the year, and I'm looking forward to that. I think it's it's something that we could create every year. I, I, I know that uh, North Wilkesboro will be great this year, but um, you know I think a lot of that comes with the mystique of the track sitting there for, for so many years and, and so many great races and things have, have happened there in the past. So um, another short track, a really worn-out service, which, which I know a, a lot of the drivers – and myself and enjoy which is which is fun we'll make it fun to, to drive on with all the tire fall off so um I, I i don't know that there's a person that's not looking forward to it so um uh, and and being able to drive that that 29 car one last time for for me is quite an honor and something i never thought would happen and i think most people in the sport probably didn't think would happen so it's it's going to be a fun weekend Did you hear from any earnhardt fans when you uh, dusted off the 29 we haven't we haven't done anything like that since we won the championship so really? Yeah, it was it was um, way more than than everybody expected, and and I think you know it, it really made you realize that that moment is is bigger than my first win or uh, a paint scheme or anything like that. It was just a it was a it was a big moment for the sport, and, and it means it means a lot to people in in way in different ways. Final question: This year, we've made a lot about Toyotas and Chevys and their successes. While Ford has had some success, it's not been as as much as the other manufacturers. In your opinion, as we get ready to go to the off weekend, we're halfway through the regular season after this race, where is the Ford program right now in the Cup Series, in your opinion? I think for the Ford car itself, I mean, we've had a lot of really good races and a couple chances to win races and it just didn't didn't work out. So we need to, to keep just plugging away and doing the things that we need to do uh, to put ourselves in position to win like we have, and, and that, that door will open. But, um, you know, it's it's not been easy. The car's, you know, it's just it's not, not right. Uh, the, the aero balance is off and and um, you know you're just you're kind of treading water trying to figure out exactly what it needs with a with a deficit from from the aero side of things so um, yeah just not a great situation but our guys have done a really good job of, of putting our, uh, ourselves in a situation to be able to um, run up front and score stage points and do all the things that we need to do so um, you know it'd be it'd be nice to to be in a in a different spot but that's where we are. Good time catching up with Kevin Harvick over the weekend there at Darlington Raceway. Coming up, we'll preview all of this weekend's racing action, and later we'll recap the 25 drivers who were added to complete the NASCAR 75 Greatest Drivers List. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. 
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. We're throwing it back this weekend again as NASCAR returns to North Wilkesboro Speedway for the first time since 1996. This weekend's All-Star festivities are jam-packed with on- and off-track action. Our Susie Armstrong is here to break it all down. After decades of dormancy, North Wilkesboro Speedway is stepping back into the national spotlight this week with a busy schedule of diverse stock car contests aplenty. Before the NASCAR Cup Series returns this weekend, three other racing divisions will take to the track as part of this landmark week. The action actually begins tonight with the ASA Stars National Series, followed by a Cars Tour race on Wednesday evening. The late model clashes will be headlined by Cup Series stars, with Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, Brad Keselowski, and Kevin Harvick taking part in the various events. While those races will be a tasty appetizer for what's to come, the proceedings will really heat up in a big way on Friday, as the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series will be the first to take to the venerable asphalt when they practice for Saturday's Tyson 250. The Cup Series won't be far behind, however, when, for the first time in 27 years, the Cup cars hit the historic North Wilkesboro Speedway immediately following truck practice. After the NASCAR practice sessions, the Pit Crew Challenge returns, where over-the-wall crews step into the limelight for well-deserved accolades and with the opportunity to earn more for their team than just glory. This year's Pit Crew Challenge will be a de facto qualifying session for the heat races, the All-Star Main Event, and the All-Star Open. The teams with the fastest four-tire pit stops will earn valuable starting positions for their drivers. Bubba Wallace says the return of the event is long overdue and hopes that pit crew members get the credit they deserve. But a majority of us have wanted to see the pit crew challenge come back that we used to host down in Charlotte. And it really puts a spotlight on them and has their families out and they get to see what, you know, their dads or moms or wives and girlfriends or whatever it may be. They get to do and perform, right? And uh, it's it's really cool to uh, let them have that spotlight. They're, uh, our pit crews are really, you know, as much as you know, we, we think about it, they're, they're a massive part of the team. They make or break races, and they're, they're really unsung heroes. You know, you come in fifth and go out first. I mean, that's all them, right? And they don't they don't get enough credit. So to give the to put the ball in their court and let them see how they perform, just uh, it's like, all right, here you go, here's your chance. So it'll be fun. First up Saturday afternoon, the spotlight shines on the Craftsman Truck Series for the Tyson 250 with live coverage on MRN beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern. One of the favorites in the event is Ty Majeski, Currently second in the point standings, the Thorsport Racing Ford driver has been gearing up for a busy week at North Wilkesboro for a long while. I'm really excited to get to Wilkesboro just to, just to go back to a racetrack like that. Um, I've never been there before, and I'll be running the ASA Stars race on Tuesday. Hopefully the late model stock race. Uh, the day after and uh, and of course the truck series race on on Saturday afternoon so just excited to get to a, a great racetrack like that uh, that has so much history and it's a short track rough has a lot of character a ton of tire fall off it's going to put on a great show Saturday's racing card continues with cup series heat races rolling off at 7 p.m. The field of drivers that have already qualified for the all-star race will be split into two heats each 60-lap clash will set the final lineup for Sunday night's main event. 
Chase Briscoe's 2022 win at Phoenix has secured his spot, and he thinks the format to set the lineup is perfect. I thought it, you know, for that track, it was kind of the perfect format. Felt like, you know, the, like I think Dale Jr. was talking about, the track needs to kind of be the star of that race. And, and I felt like that format allows the track to kind of be the star and for what it is and what it's worth. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good format. I'm excited for how the starting lineups, you know, all made and everything else. So I thought it was kind of a perfect format for that race. Sunday brings the excitement that everyone has been waiting for. Before the main event, there will be one last chance for drivers who haven't won in the past two seasons to make the headliner, the All-Star Open. The 100-lap race will secure a spot in the main event for the top two finishers, with one additional position going to the winner of the annual All-Star Fan Vote. Following the Open, there will be roughly a one-hour break before the main event takes the green. The All-Star Race will be a 200-lap clash with a competition break at lap 100. Teams are limited to four sets of tires total, with the caveat that the tires can only be changed once after the halfway break. All caution laps will count. NASCAR's Steve O'Donnell says that the format came together through a collaborative effort with help from some individuals who fans will likely recognize. It's kind of been a group effort with Scott Miller, Dale, and the, and the folks at, at the track also. And Scott was able to bring some of the things that worked well for us at the Coliseum. Combine that with kind of Dale Jr.'s experience around the Cars Tour. And I think the two were able to, to mesh together and put a really neat format together. The format is the simplest that the All-Star Race has seen in years. And as the sport returns to its roots, Kevin Harvick says simple is best. format looks good. You don't have to have any nonsense to make the race good so but it's been a long time since the you know the the most talked about race is the all-star race and obviously north north wilkesboro is the reason that that is the way that it is so i think everybody's excited about going back there and and racing on the old asphalt and a track that many of us watched as as young kids some of them weren't born but um you know it's it's just got that nostalgic historic feel to it and everybody's excited about it just over 20 drivers will ultimately have the chance to claim the one million dollar prize and the right to etch his name in the history books as the first cup series winner at north wilkesboro speedway since 1996 thank you Susie. that preview of this weekend's action at north wilkesboro is brought to you by wheelan engineering Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll recognize the 25 drivers who were honored with the distinction of being one of NASCAR's 75 greatest. And later, we do a deep dive on how tires will be key this weekend at North Wilkesboro. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR 75 greatest drivers have been named, and the list is now complete. The last few weeks, we've kept you up to date on who were the latest additions to that list. And our Jason Toy is here once again to recap those who made the cut. When NASCAR had its 50th anniversary in 1998, the sport revealed a list of the 50 greatest drivers of all time. Fast forward to 2023, NASCAR's 75th and Diamond anniversary, they have done it again. Now adding 25 more to the list. So let's recap the contingent as the new crop features a diverse group of talent, starting with our active drivers, most of which have won a Cup Series championship. Career win number 56, championship number two, off turn four, looking at the checkered flag, and Kyle Busch scores the win here at the Homestead Miami Speedway. He is a champion yet again in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Kyle Busch. Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Kevin Harvick have all won cup titles and are more than deserving of this distinction. One man who joins them in this same capacity is Martin Truex Jr., who still can't believe his career had this type of trajectory. It's unbelievable, honestly. You know, I think, I just think back to when I moved to North Carolina to race, you know, for a living and just thinking about that and, um, you know, never expecting to have the success that I did, that I have. And, you know, to still be here doing it is, is amazing. To be on that list is incredible. I, you know, again, I, I'm super proud, super humbled and thankful to be on it. You know, that's something that, that'll I'll take through the rest of my life. So it's very, very special. It's a huge honor. Joining Kyle Busch as the only other two-time champ out of the active drivers is Joey Logano, who thinks he mostly owes this honor to one individual who helped him find his home at Team Penske. It's obviously an incredible honor, especially when you look at the other drivers that are on the list, right, and to have your name involved with with those guys. You know, a lot of them, the ones I grew up watching racing or some that I raced against, and a lot of them that I remember the first four years of my career kicking my butt, right, and thinking, boy, I just hope I'm in the sport. Forget being on a list like this, you know, and I was talking to Walt Zarnicki uh, this week afterwards, and he called me to congratulate me, and I thought, you know what? It's really kind of our award here because I would never have made it if it wasn't for you. So it's really a shared thing, right? So I was this close of not having a cup ride. And uh, you look at the last, like you said, 11 years to rack up enough stats to make that list is pretty cool for me. The only active full-time driver to make this list without a championship is Denny Hamlin, who has quite the resume as he has won 48 times at the sport's highest level and has conquered the great American race on three separate occasions. A handful of drivers were named to the list who accomplished unprecedented feats in NASCAR's developmental series, including modified ace Mike Stefanik, five-time weekly series national champion Larry Phillips, and two-time Xfinity Series champions Randy LaJoy and Sam Ard. We, of course, have to mention Ron Hornaday Jr. As the four-time Truck Series champ found out in a unique fashion, he made the list. I sit in my garage and I work all day just screwing around. I might build case, I might build a race car, I might do sheet metal work, and I, I haven't been paying attention to it all because I, I don't watch Race Hub that much. And then when you do, he's like, oh, that's cool, that guy got in now, he deserves it and all that. And then when Mr. France, I had an altercation the week before with Landon Lewis at a racetrack, and I yelled at an official. And Mr. France called me, and I pulled the phone away. My mom, my wife was videoing me. I didn't know why she was videoing me. And I was like, Mr. France, I'm in trouble from last week. You know, I chewed the guy's butt out. And it ended up being Mr. France saying that. And the way he put it in words, I had tears in my eyes. I mean, I had one I had to wipe off the side of my cheek. So 
it means that much. Um, they put the wrong people in it. I've had a lot of people behind me to support me through the thick and thin of everything, and my wife's one of them. She is. Uh, I've quit racing three times, and she's always seemed to find money or, or got my head up and, and race. So to be in the Hall of Fame, now the top 75 in the world in NASCAR is uh, I keep pinching myself. It's pretty unbelievable from a kid coming from Palmdale, racing at Sauger Speedway, and here we are. It's pretty cool. Honorees who have stepped away from driving in NASCAR full-time but were selected to this list include Greg Biffle, Casey Kane, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edwards, and Ryan Newman. Jeff Burton, known in the garage as the mayor, received high praise when being selected from many, including his NBC teammate and Dale Jarrett, who is also a member of this list. Glad that happened. Next thing is he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, But it, it's great to see that that people are recognizing the contribution that Jeff Burton has made to this sport. And that's the people that we want to honor. However you make that contribution, um, you know, it doesn't have to be totally just by your, your wins and, and what races you did win. But Jeff did all of those things too. But the impact that he's had in that garage area for so many years is, is almost unparalleled, really, when you look at it. Earnhardt would get things done in his way, but Jeff Burton went about it in a different way. And, and you know, his stance on safety and safety initiatives uh, hasn't stopped even after he got out of the car. Another Hall of Famer, Terry Labonte, also gave high praise to a newly selected member of this list. You know, I'm really glad Sterling Marlin made it, and I, I really always uh, just really thought the world of Sterling. We were we were friends, and, uh, you know, man, he was a heck of a racer and won the 500 a couple years in a row down there, and we actually used to be neighbors down at the at a lake, and, you uh, I was used to tell people that if we'd go down there, we'd make sure we'd turn all our lights out because they'd come and wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and want to go boat riding and stuff. But uh, I was really glad to see Sterling on that list because he certainly deserved it, and he's just a great guy. Terry's brother Bobby, the first cup champion of the 2000s, was also given the distinction and had a unique perspective when asked about a memory that stands out to him when looking back on his career. You know, our dad was was so much a a part of it, and uh, I mean, I cherish those times and moments, and you know, but you know, Gosh, there's so much. We did this week in and week out and all the time. And I guess one story is I ended up in the MPL Care Center at Loudon, and Ricky Craven and I got together and my dad was over there going to rip his rip his head off. I was like, I can't do that in the hospital. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you can. It's here. But, you know, I mean, we had some great times. And, uh, again, a lot of defining moments throughout racing that, you know, kind of marquees your career as far as, like, moments that you'll never forget. The last four gentlemen that round out this list are all retired and have at least one Cup Series champion. Tony Stewart, who has two, and Matt Kenseth and Kurt Busch both won one apiece. And of course, we can't exclude this man, who tied for the most Cup Series titles of all time. They've been fighting adversity all weekend long. They've come through every one of the problems, and they come home victorious. Jimmy Johnson wins at Homestead and scores on history-making seventh championship, tying the late Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. Amazing the way this thing turned out. Jimmy Johnson does it again. Those 25 individuals will be preserved in NASCAR history forever, something that was important to many, including NASCAR great Jeff Bodine. It's so great that NASCAR, they're preserving our history of the sport. It's one reason I'm here, because they are doing the right things. And this history of the sport is incredible. Herschel McGriff ran the first race here at Darlington. And he's still going strong, 95 years old. So the history is so important to all of us. And thank goodness that NASCAR's 
preserving that. These gentlemen joined the 50 who were named in 1998 as individuals who accomplished something only a select few could ever dream of and will be remembered forever as one of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers of all time. Thank you, Jason. An impressive list, no doubt. Coming up, we'll break down how tires will be key this weekend at North Wilkesboro and why. Plus, we'll relive the 1986 First Union 400. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, when we return to the North Wilkesboro Speedway, one unknown will be how tires will hold up throughout the weekend, and in particular, Sunday's main event. The track surface is nearly 40 years old, and how drivers and teams maintain their tires will be key. Our Kyle Rickey has more. One of the biggest topics of discussion this week at North Wilkesboro Speedway is undoubtedly going to be tires. The .62-mile track has not been paved since the 1980s and sat dormant for years. That has led many to expect the aged asphalt will absolutely chew up the Goodyear Eagles. While tire wear is a part of what makes this race so intriguing, having the right tire is imperative. So where does one even start in terms of a compound for nearly a 40-year-old surface? Goodyear's Greg Stucker explains the process. We, we just kind of looked at it. We actually sent some guys up there and we did a, did a track map. So we kind of understood what the surface was like. We, we, we compared it to a number of different surfaces we race on. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a microscopic map of the, of the track surfaces, the nooks and crannies and the aggregate and so on and so forth. And it's very close to Darlington, actually. Obviously, much shorter racetrack, but but very aggressive, very abrasive. So we felt like our our standard Phoenix, Loudon, Richmond short track setup would be the place to start. Um, so that was our control when we went up there to test. We, we took a number of different things. We took Martinsville, um, thinking, well, maybe it's so worn out we would need more grip, something softer to get a hold of the racetrack. Uh, and everything worked pretty well. What tire did they end up settling on? Stucker details that as well. We landed on the, the Richmond Phoenix tire. That seemed to be the best overall raceable package. The Martinsville stuff and combinations thereof worked extremely well, but everybody there felt like it was way too much grip. And that's what we're not trying to, that's, you know, not what we're trying to do. We're trying to get something, and NASCAR are trying to get something with the way they've arranged the, the stages or the segments of the race so the guys have to manage their tires. And, and, and we felt like uh, the, the Richmond uh, Phoenix setup will give us a package to do exactly that. Significant amount of fall off in our 50 lap runs. And we saw some variations. Some guys fell off two seconds, some guys fell off a second and a half, you know, in our test. So I, I, think, I think that tells you. You got to get the setup right and you got to manage the tires throughout the course of the run. Now back to the test and what the drivers who participated thought after actually driving on the track. Tyler Reddick was a Toyota representative and Reddick says that while managing your tires is going to be important come race day, the track was actually in much better shape than he expected. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of 
you know, Darlington, Homestead, Fontana, or what was, you know, the this the age the the, the age of the track certainly eats the tires up, but. You know, the nature of, of the next-gen car and the trend has been less fall-off at, at a lot of the high-wear tracks that we got. So uh, certainly, you know, you have to be aware of, of how you're running your tires every lap and how you're using them in the corners. It really doesn't feel like a track that has the age that it does. It feels honestly really, really smooth, in, in my opinion. Like, I'm really racing, but, you know, biased. But to me, it's, it doesn't seem that rough. The track really isn't coming apart. It's not doing anything crazy. Ford's driver at the test was RFK Racing's Chris Busher. Busher has a word of advice for his competitors. Get ready to hang on for dear life for round lap 50. It's going to be tough. Long runs. Track is definitely going to wear tires out quick. I'd imagine from the, the test we had with just three of us, the groove will widen out. It put down significantly more rubber. I think that uh, we were hanging on after 50 laps, though. So uh, curious to see how that all goes with the uh, 100-lap runs in there. It could be very, very tricky. I think with that, you'll probably have some cautions just from the extreme lack of grip later in some of those runs. But I think it's going to be really neat. The place looks fantastic. Excited to give it a go. Drivers will certainly reach that point at some point on Sunday night. For the 200-lap event, teams will start on sticker tires and then have three fresh sets in their pit box. After a competition break at lap 100, teams will only be allowed to change tires once meaning how you manage your tires in the second half of the event could be the deciding factor in who wins the race. Kyle Busch debriefed with his teammate Austin Dillon, who was at the test, and he still isn't sure exactly what the right strategy will be. The two-time series champion explains that the drivers with a lot of late model experience like Josh Berry have made careers on being able to manage tires. But the process isn't nearly as easy as it sometimes looks. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting for sure. The tire fall off and the racetrack is by far the worst I think we'll ever see. 50, 60 lap runs on tires that you got to go is, I mean, that's a long time anyways, but, you know, it's not quite 100 laps like late model races or modified races. Still, I, I think you're going to have to figure out how hard to push. You know, if, if you're a guy up front, do you, do you push? For a little while, if you're a guy in the back, how much do you ride? You know, is is the field going to catch up and, and are you going to go a lap down? Things like that nature. So I'd look at Josh Berry probably today as being one of the absolute best at that that world coming in through the late model stock ranks that he did. I remember a race he ran at Myrtle Beach. It might have been the last one at Myrtle Beach where he fell all the way around to be about a lap down to the leader and rode there in front of that guy for 40 laps and then with 30 to go or something took off and drove all the way back around past that leader and won the race. I have no clue how to do that. I, I remember me racing at Berlin trying to ride around and save tire and then their caution came out. There was a restart with 10 to go or 15 to go and I was like, all right, I'm going to go get them now. I had nothing to go with, you know, so that's the biggest thing that I see sometimes is like, how hard are you pushing? Really, you don't, you kind of don't know until it's time to go, but I think you're going to see different strategies and if that race goes green the whole way it's going to be way more beneficial to the guys that that are up front and have the track position versus if a caution comes out it's going to be way more beneficial to those that rode and saved a little bit could what bush mentioned happen and we see a driver come from nearly a lap down to win in the closing laps we will see who hoists the trophy on sunday night that trophy this year throws back to north wilkesboro's history and plays homage to the moonshine-making process. But a more fitting prize might be a golden Goodyear Eagle.
Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll go back in time to 1986 and relive an all-time classic from North Wilkesboro. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Checker flag is about to fly on this week's NASCAR Live in honor of the sport, making its return to its roots at North Wilkesboro this weekend. We wanted to flash back to 1986 and reminisce on the first Union 400, a race where one of the superstars of the 80s took home the checkered flag. Two laps to go as they come off turn number four. Earnhardt now by a car length. Then it is Bodine for third. Walter for fourth. Rutman on his bumper for fifth. Out of turn number two. The Quincy Steakhouse machine for Alan Kowicki is ahead of the leaders. It is possible that he could come into play, although not likely, as Earnhardt leads him off four, looking for the white flag. There's a good possibility that traffic may play a factor in this. They're going to catch some of the lap cars. White flag for Earnhardt as he takes it off into turn number one. He'll catch Alan Kulwicki as they work off the corner and down the back straightaway. Rudd still one car length back. Ricky, if he has one last chance, time to show the cards now. He is within two car lengths of the leader as they come off turn number four. Ricky, one car length back as they come down the corner of the straightaway. Tries around the outside. He's going to come up short by two car lengths. Dale Earnhardt will win it. Ricky Rudd will finish second. The battle for third, a close one. It'll be Jeff Bodine, then Darrell Waltrip and Joe Rutman, the top five. It's all over at North Wilkesboro Speedway, and Dale Earnhardt makes it two in a row. Oh, one of the best, Dale Earnhardt, taking that legendary Chevrolet to victory lane at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Can't wait to get back this weekend for the NASCAR All-Star Race. Hope you make your plans to join us here on the Motor Racing Network. I'd like to thank Kevin Harvick for being a part of the show today. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for being along for the ride as well. We will chat with you this weekend from North Wilkesboro. Before we get there, don't forget NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday. NASCAR Live Race Day will come your way 5 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Until we speak again, folks, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.